0: DMV Download, the new daily podcast from WTOP News, is out now. Hosts Megan Clorty and Luke Garrett get the story behind the story. Every weekday afternoon, Megan and I will go beyond the headlines with WTOP reporters and sources to bring you more on the biggest local stories impacting you, our fellow Washingtonians.
1: The DMV Download podcast is available now on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe today so you don't miss an episode. The DMV Download podcast is presented by Steamfitters Local 602.
0: Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Matilda the Musical comes to the Hilton Performing Arts Center in Manassas, Virginia this weekend, so it's the perfect excuse to catch up with the child star of the 1996 movie, Matilda. I spoke to Mara Wilson about her 2016 memoir, Where Am I Now?, sharing memories of Mrs. Doubtfire, Miracle on 34th Street, and Matilda. Mara, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Um,
0: um, now, we all, of course, remember you as, like, one of the ultimate child stars, but so, you know, why put pen to paper and write this? When did the idea to do this book come?
1: Well, you know, I'd been writing for a few years. I mean, I studied playwriting and storytelling and autobiography writing in college, and it was something that I'd been doing. You know, I'd, I'd written for McSweeney's, I'd had plays go up in Fringe festivals, I'd would i been writing for comedy websites like Reductress and Cracked, and then I wrote a... a an, And then I wrote something about child stars, and that got a lot of attention. So I thought that maybe it would be time for me to write about my own experiences. And I had other books that I was working on at the time. I had a young adult novel I was working on. I had screenplays. I had all kinds of other writing that I wanted to pursue. But this was something that I thought would be really good for me to do. And also, I did have a very strong fan base. I had, you know something like a quarter of a million followers on Twitter. <laughs> and there are people who wondered what happened to me. They would say, what happened to you? Why did you stop acting? And I, I felt like I wanted to fill them in. I also wanted to pay tribute to the wonderful people that I worked with.
0: Yeah, speaking of which, our minds first jump immediately to the late, great Robin Williams, we all miss him. I'm sure you miss him even more, having a, such a personal connection to him. Um, where, because Mrs. Delphire was your was your first role, right?
1: Uh, yes, it was. It was my first movie role. Yes.
0: How did you take me into the audition process? So, how did you uh, even find out about it, and and take me into getting cast?
1: So. Uh... I mean, you have to remember that I was very young at the time, so I can only really remember bits and pieces of being cast. (laughs) But I was five years old, and I had been going on auditions for commercials, and I had been in a few commercials already. And then I remember coming home from school and hearing my mom on the phone saying, "Mm, you know, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's a good idea. I mean, I guess we'll do it, but, you know, I don't think anything will come of it. And she was telling me that I had been called for a movie. So we went there, and they started talking to us, and they they asked – us. They asked me and a group of other girls, so they brought me in with a group of other girls and they asked, uh, so what would you think if your father dressed up like a woman? And I immediately got this, you know, mental picture and I just said, I would be on the floor. Like, I, I, I thought that it would be really funny, I guess. Uh, I mean, I was, I was five, you know, yeah. and, and then, but because I was actually talkative, they called me back. So they called me back again and again and again, and I, I met with Robin Williams, who I knew as the genie in Aladdin, but I wasn't – I didn't find him – like, I wasn't starstruck. I just thought he was a nice man, and the same with Chris Columbus, the director. So I I really liked that. I liked meeting them. And then eventually they started testing us with other children, and I met this boy named Matt and this girl named Lisa. And I remember thinking, I really hope I get this, but I really hope they get it too because I really like them a lot and I feel like they really could be my brother and sister. And and they did end up getting it. We all ended up getting it, and I was I was amazed that my wish had come true. But I was so happy.
0: Your wish had come true with the genie from Aladdin. Um,
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: You mentioned the you mentioned your, your on screen siblings and how you sort of bonded but how do you actually how'd you go about sort of you know adopting your pretend dad and your mom you know um how'd you guys sort of uh work up that relationship you know when you're preparing for the role
1: I think it was very easy. I think because they were just so wonderful and relatable. Sally was very sweet and kind, and would run lines with me, and you know would would just treat me like like one of her children. And the same with Robin. He was just so gentle and silly, and so great with kids that it, they both just you know I couldn't have asked for a better introduction with into acting than to have two co-stars like that who are both wonderful professional actors, but also so wonderful with children.
0: Not to mention James Bond, Pierce Brosnan as. As the one oh, of his stepdad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Pierce
1: Brosnan was incredibly kind and incredibly funny.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's great. D- looking back, do you sort of, you know, I- I'm sure you experienced that movie and everything um, as one way as a kid, you know, sort of almost oblivious to the outside world a little. But looking back, you know, do you appreciate In, in a New Light?
1: I can. I'm not really much of an actress anymore. You know, I don't do film acting so much. But I do. Uh, but yeah, I definitely. I, I mean, they're wonderful actors. You know, what more can I say?
0: Stay tuned for the rest of my chat with Mara Wilson. But first, a message from a fellow WTOP podcast. DMV Download, the new daily podcast from WTOP News, is out now. Hosts Megan Clorty and Luke Garrett get the story behind the story. Every weekday afternoon, Megan and I will go beyond the headlines with WTOP reporters and sources to bring you more on the biggest local stories impacting you, our fellow Washingtonians.
1: The DMV Download podcast is available now on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe today so you don't miss an episode. The DMV Download podcast is presented by Steamfitters Local 602.
0: Welcome back to Beyond the Fame for the rest of my conversation with Mara Wilson. Miracle on 34th Street—that was your next big one. Obviously, every, everyone saw you, Mrs. Doubtfire, doing the Stuart Little thing, and everyone loved you. And so, of course, you're going to get cast in that. Did you watch the Natalie Wood one before, you know, in preparing for it, or only after?
1: Yes, I definitely did. I, I definitely did. Um, I think I was a little bit nervous <laughs> about living up to her because I'd, I'd love Natalie Wood, but uh, but yeah, I watched it with my mom. Uh, I hadn't seen it before actually, though, because we were Jewish. So uh, we, oh. we didn't watch a lot of Christmas movies.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That would make sense. All right. So when you're tugging on uh, Santa Claus's beard, Richard Attenborough, you're just like, this ain't no thing. I don't even know Christmas. Uh, that's yeah. I,
1: it, it didn't. It really wasn't that big of a deal for me to to know that there wasn't a Santa Claus. But then I did believe. I did believe in the Tooth Fairy. You know. I, I did definitely. I definitely did believe in her. So I, I believed in things. That was you know my kind of collateral, I suppose.
0: Definitely. Tell, tell me about because again, just like Robin, we've also lost Richard Attenborough in recent years what was he like oh. on set I mean seems like a sweet man from the outside but tell me you know up close and personal
1: oh he really was Sir Richard Attenborough was was I guess he was Lord Richard eventually uh, <laughs> Lord Attenborough he he was so kind and gentle and also just so committed to his craft so committed to acting and I think that there was a little bit of like he tried to have a little bit of magic like I remember saying that I wanted a kitten uh, as a holiday present and he was like oh really you know maybe I could make that happen and just just things like that, you know. He would be, he, he, there very, very much did seem to be a kind of magic that surrounded him. And he was just such an elegant, intelligent, you know, kind man that uh, I, you know, you couldn't help but, but look up to him.
0: When you tugged his beard, did it actually hurt him a little bit or is it
1: okay? I hope not, I hope it didn't. Uh, it was, it was definitely his beard, and definitely a very short beard. I, but yeah, but that was, I think, my real reaction uh, oh, <laughs> that, when I dug it.
0: That's fantastic. Well, it looked authentic for us for sure. Uh, all right, then moving on. Obviously, Matilda, an awesome child. one of the great child roles. Um, we're all dull, you know. He has. He makes It's like kids' movies, but there's a little mischievous dark side to him. Talk sort of about, you know, talk about it like that, because that's almost like Carrie for, you know, kids with telekinesis. It's a little dark side, a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think that there's definitely a dark side to Roald Dahl's work. I think that, you know, he was somebody who experienced a lot of darkness in his life, and I think he caught on to something that, that children really like. Children really like justice, and they also really like, you know, ridiculousness. And it was something, you know, I mean, and I remember reading one of his books, The Enormous Crocodile, to my nephew and thinking that he was going to find it scary. But he didn't. He just laughed and laughed, you know, because the bad guys don't win in the end. You know, children love fairy tales. They're, they're yeah. OK with this darkness. And I think that he definitely picked up on that.
0: Do you think that that role sort of primed the pump for audiences in terms of uh, Harry Potter?
1: Um, I don't know if Matilda really, you know, primed people for Harry Potter, but I do think that, you know, there is definitely a similarity, especially if you look at the way that the first book is written, uh, the first Harry Potter book is written, it is very doll-like, you know, it is very much like Roald doll. Uh, but yeah, I think that, you know, magical boys and magical girls and, and, you know, having powers, I think everybody wants to imagine that they have powers, you know, and the thing about Matilda and Harry Potter is, you know, you need to work at them, you need to learn how to use them.
0: <laughs> definitely. Damn. Danny DeVito, Rio Perlman, um, you know, tell me, what was it like working with those guys? I mean, those are titans of the comedy world.
1: Yeah, Danny and Ria were wonderful people, just wonderful people. They felt to me like family, you know, like like an aunt and uncle. Uh, so nice, so kind, so giving, especially because my mother was very sick at the time. Embeth Beth, and Davis was, uh, was, she was wonderful. She was so much like a big sister to me. But I think the real surprise would be Pam Ferris, who played Miss Trunchbull, oh. is one of the kindest, nicest, gentlest people I have ever met.
0: Oh, that's nice to know. We knew Miss Honey would be nice, but that's nice to hear that Trunchbull is actually a sweetheart. That's great. Yeah, right? You mentioned your mom was sick. Take me, I know you lost her at a young age. How did that shape your life?
1: It definitely affected my life. It affects my life every single day. Uh, I think that it also affected my acting because I think that after that acting, didn't seem as fun anymore. But at the same time, it was something of a constant in my life. So I had this, this kind of love-hate relationship with it where I, I needed it, but I didn't really like it anymore. Um, you know, I, I loved it, but I hated it. And it was, it was hard for me to get out of that, I think.
0: You also write in the book that, you know, as you entered adolescence, you realized you were no longer deemed, quote, cute enough for Hollywood. Explain what you mean by that.
1: Yeah. Well, I definitely wasn't cued by Hollywood standards. And I think it took me a while to realize that. But when I did, you know, I got the message loud and clear. And I I knew there really wasn't a place for me in Hollywood. You know, Hollywood is very much a numbers game. It's very much about demographics. It's very much about appearance. And that's just kind of the way that it is. And I don't know if it's going to be changing anytime soon. So the thing was that I was kind of forced out of Hollywood, but I was also a little burned out on it anyway. So I consider it something of a mutual breakup.
0: (laughs) It wasn't you. It was me. Uh,
1: No, it it was both of us it was both of us it was definitely it was definitely that's great.
0: both of us that's awesome and you said you learned about the birds and the bees a little bit on melrose place set
1: Yeah, well, I I didn't, I I knew the facts, you know, (laughs) but I didn't know how adults went about them until I was on Melrose Place. And, you know, that's very much an exaggerated portrait of what adult life is like. But I I took it seriously. I thought that this was like an expose. And, you know, I thought there was like journalistic integrity happening there. So uh, I was very (laughs) suspicious of adults after that.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, I know we got to bounce, but thanks so much for joining us. In closing, you know, what final sell, you know, why should we pick up a copy of This book
1: because i think that my book is for anybody who has ever felt a little bit out of place i think that i i have tried my hardest to take you know very unique and interesting experiences which some people will very much be interested in and made them all universal my book is for anyone who has ever felt a little young and a little out of place and honestly that's most of us all right thanks
0: mara wilson thanks so much it was awesome talking to you everybody it's called where am i now true stories of girlhood and accidental fame thanks so much
1: thank you so much